good with that matrix. Um, it's recorded that way. Either told it to told of himself. So um, today, going on with the with the thing on the Pharisees, um, the spirit of the Pharisees, I guess, something like that. Um, we have another element here that uh, that Jesus talks about a lot, and uh, it's about. And we look at two two uh, two examples of where he called these people um, to him and to follow him and to sit and eat with him. And the other, you know, the other one is the, uh, the very much despised, besides the Pharisees, would have been the tax collectors. They were probably worse despised by the Jewish people, by Israel, than even the Pharisees were. So just reflecting back, let's remember um, a couple Sundays ago we shared the fact that the Pharisees have a have a long, long history in in, in the Bible. Um, they were serious students of the Old Testament. They wanted to preserve everything that God had laid out for them. Um, the commands and, you know, and keeping those commands and stuff like that. Um, they were educated. They were seriously involved in making sure that the next generation remembered. Um, the next generation could not say, oh, we never knew about that. We never heard about that. You know, they didn't want they didn't want anybody to be able to say, well, we were ignorant of what God wanted for us um, in in our lives. So they would they would they were very much into into the education. <clears throat> um, you know, and today again, the, the, there's still a in the Jewish um, <clears throat> world there's a high regard for someone that has that is labeled as a Pharisee. Um, it may be like. Somebody that has a PhD today, or you know, is very, very um, intelligent in, in many ways, and yet this was in in that word, and yet they were just like we were. You know, they were flawed people also, and uh, to ensure that that no one would break God's law, they set up fences. We call them fences. They called them fences back then. They intended to stop a person. Um, from actually disobeying God. And see, that was also a strive for sinless perfection, so to speak. You know, it was a goal. Don't even come close to disobeying God. Good idea, you know, and approach. And yet, as time went on, and years went on, you know, that fence, or whatever the laws that they created above, that they put into place, they put the same weight as God's word. Um, be it through traditions, be it through customs, be it through their culture, they actually would say, this is what God has said. And as those things can go, um, and taking that authority that did not belong to them, but belonged to God, um, they came to the point where they crucified Jesus. They, they were very much responsible even though it was all part of God's plan for the salvation of mankind, of nailing him to the cross, just as well as you and I's sins are, you know, have also helped to nail him to that cross because he forgives us so much. Uh, we read the verse where it says they, you know, Jesus told them that they give lip service to God, and yet their hearts were far from them. So again, over the years, no connection, you know, no heartfelt connection to God. Uh, and yet, so in these conflicts that have 
that we read about here between Christ and the Pharisees and the tax collectors as of you know, today. Um, <clears throat> what is God's desire for, for our faith and our human faith and for our lives and helping us to understand what God's heart is? What, what is the heart of God? What is the heart of Christ? You know, we cringe. I don't know. Maybe we don't. Yeah, maybe I take that back. I don't necessarily cringe, but, but we also have a lot of controversy sometimes to endure with the thing of, oh, it's tax time, right? It's going to be tax time. It's tax you know, it's tax collectors. We still struggle with that tax collector thing today, just as well as they did back then. They thought it was unfair, it was unrighteous. Actually, the people, you know, was wanting, was looking for the Messiah to come to deliver them from these tax collectors who were paying Roman tax and their oppression that they put on the people. You know, we almost fight the same battle in some areas, like, oh, our government, you know, is corrupt and they ask us to pay taxes and we can't pay taxes because of all the evil that's happening there. And yet, we know what Romans tells us, you know, so if we are honest. I found it, an article said, it's still true today, but that, um, 19% of Americans believe it's justifiably permissible to cheat on their tax returns. You know, that number doesn't reflect the ones that actually do. That's just, that was just a survey that was taken. And people would say, yeah, it's, it's, it's fair for me to cheat um, on my tax returns. <clears throat> tax, the tax man, you know, has been some of the most despised of all people. And I just remember just a little incident pops in my head, okay? Like when... And we don't have in this area, but back in Fort Wayne, whatever, in Allen County, we used to have a guy come around by the name of, of Bruce. Bruce? Bruce? Lost his last name. But he was a tax assessor. And he would come to the farm, and you would have to fill in the paperwork and do the assessment of product that you have on your farm so that you could pay your Allen County tax. Okay? And one year... He wanted to assess the straw stack. How much, what value is that straw stack out there? Well, all turns to manure, we haul it back on the field, you know. Well, but obviously it has value. So, you see the little battle that went on between my dad and him there? What? I have to pay for that straw stack that sits outside? You know, I know I got 500 bales in the barn, I'll tell you that, you know. And so, okay, 500 bales of straw is worth X amount of dollars. You have this on hand in inventory as of March of 1st. You have to pay a certain amount. But that straw stack outside? So we've always had that. You know, it was a tax assessor. You didn't, you didn't look forward to the day that he drove or come in. Rather that he wouldn't have showed up. But it was, you know, it's part of the thing. Um, and we had this, this was a huge battle. This was a huge battle that you see back in, throughout the Old Testament. Uh, in the time of Israel and stuff. Um, especially, you know, collecting taxes for the Romans. So just to give you a little bit of how, the, how that worked, I guess, it says the Romans had devised an extremely efficient or effective system for collecting taxes. What they did is they sold, I don't know if this would have any connections to today or not, but the government sold franchises to tax, to tax collection companies. You can become a tax collector company and get a franchise to collect the tax in your specific area for the government. For them. <clears throat> okay, they would collect taxes on major roads, seaports, cities, coal stations, however they had that stuff set up, and then these companies would hire men to work for them, 
um, and man the toll booths and do the acts of collecting. And we we meet two of these people in the scripture. And one is Zacchaeus. Um, he was considered a chief tax collector. Um, he was at Jericho and likely had control over that entire territory. He likely had lots of people working for him, sitting at booths and sitting at tolls, wherever they had set him up to collect taxes. That was Zacchaeus. And then Matthew um, was likely, very likely it says, I don't have concrete evidence of this, I'm just reading what I <clears throat> had learned. He was probably one of them, Matthew Levi, they would, we would call him, was sitting at a particular booth collecting taxes. You know, Not maybe in the same area, but so the little bit of the difference between them. Zacchaeus was probably a, he was a chief, okay? He had a franchise. He ran the control of the company. <clears throat> this system was very flexible. It was very efficient, but it was also very open to correct corruption. Um, these tax collection companies paid a certain amount to the government each year. They would have to, like, they was given an assignment, and you have to turn in X amount of money or dollars. So how much money was collected from the local people was up to that individual tax collector. So the more he could collect and exercise out of them, the richer he would become, and he would simply just pay the government a certain amount. By the time that everybody in the system had taken his share and probably stole a little bit of it for each and every one of them, the taxpayer was the one that would become abused. And the people hated it. You know, they, they, This was something that they fought against, they despised. <clears throat> The Jews, okay, so the Jews despised the Romans as having control of their government over, the, over them, but they despised the tax collectors worse yet. You know, the, the tax collectors were the lowest of lows. So here we, we know the story of Zacchaeus. We know the story of Matthew, right? Just to give another example of, of Christ and his love for all mankind. Um, these taxes were that they, were, they drove the emotions, you know, among the Jews. And, uh, and it was the reason that they looked for the Messiah to come and free them from the clutches of Rome. Uh, their, their harshest feelings was for the, for, their harshest feelings was for a Jew that had one of these franchises that worked for the Roman government. One of their own people would do that. Theirs where their hate was the, the deepest or the worst. Um, fellow, you know, and you know they just you know they got they 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 got they hated the idea that they were getting rich for themselves at the expense of their of their overburdening their fellow Jewish people. Um, and, and here's another thing: if a Jew actually came to the table and he didn't have the money and he couldn't pay his tax, um, they would uh, they would loan that person the money. This guy had money, so he would loan him the money to pay the tax and charge him an exorbitant rate of interest. On top of it, yeah. to the point where this burden, this financial burden, become almost impossible on the average citizen. Um, so Jesus, the Jews created special treatment for tax collectors. The Pharisees and the rabbis excluded tax collectors from all their activities. They would not eat with them. They would not sit with them. They would have nothing to do with them. Even the Pharisees. Would not get, had nothing to do with the tax collectors. So there's a distinctly difference here when Jesus was talking about the Pharisees and the tax collectors. <clears throat> um, these the tax collectors could never give a testimony in court. Uh, they could never hold an office. 
Um, any gifts that they had given to charity, they were banned, and so they were returned. They would not accept them from them. And they never would allow a tax collector to repent of his sins. That was the first. That was the Jewish people, if they was a Jew, and collecting taxes. So there was no, there was no forgiveness there for these people at all. It's also, um, we can turn to Matthew chapter nine, is where we're going to read that. Then here, it's also to think about the Jews were concerned when Jesus kind of was upsetting the Pharisees fruit basket and calling them woe unto you hypocrites, you know, and uh, they didn't want they didn't want this to be stirred up and it would end up come back on them, you know, worse than ever, charging more tax or however that may be. Um, and remember, we're talking about the spirit of these uh, Pharisees and tax collectors also. Um, so he called Matthew here, Levi as a disciple. Matthew in Matthew 9. Let's stand to read this. starts actually in verse 9, but I wanted to back up just a little bit, just again to let us understand what had taken place here, um, when he had, he entered the ship, he passed over and he came into his own city there and won, and uh, he, had, he healed a man that was sick of palsy, son be of good cheer, he said, thy sins be forgiven thee and again, here the scribes came forward and they said, this man is blaspheming Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said, wherefore do you think this evil in your hearts, whether it be easier, verse 5, to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. This is what had just transpired there, as Jesus had, had been there. <clears throat> Again, remember those words that he that that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he arose, verse 7, he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, uh, remember, this was one of them people that they, they would not even accept the forgiveness of their sins for them. And it came to pass that Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciple, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go and look, go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but the sinners unto repentance. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 5 and we'll read the same, the same thing. There's, um, Luke also records this. 
verse 27, Luke chapter 5, verse 27. And after these things he went forth and, he, and saw a publican named Levi. He calls him Matthew back here in Matthew. You know, in Matthew here it says Levi, which is the same person. Sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with him. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his, his disciples, saying, the disciples saying, Why does he eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And again he says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. Okay, you may be seated. Um, because in Matthew here it's recorded as Levi and Luke, and uh, one thing that, uh, that Matthew also points out is that uh, why does a master eat with publicans and, and with sinners? Actually, that the tax collector again was considered to be the worst of the worst of sinners or occupations that they could have back in that in that day. This was also to the Pharisees. This was a uh, this was an open challenge to them for them to. Um, <coughs> Recognize, or even in in thinking of the possibility that this Jesus could be the Messiah, because in their interpretations, if he was, there's no way he would have went with this guy and went to his house and sat down and ate all this with him. So they was like, you know, that was just again we can learn from their from their point of view, um, their Messiah, or that that this guy could have come from God, that this Jesus could be you know God's own son. Um, was challenged that such a person could be the Messiah. Um, we read here in, in, in Luke where Matthew's call gave you know gave the opportunity to contrast it to con, to contrast contrast his views with the Pharisees. He had put on a big reception for him in his house. There was a great crowd there. There was tax collector, other people there. They were. Reclining at the table, he was reclining at the table with them. Um, they were started grumbling at his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with these people? And Jesus knew their hearts and understood them, and he simply told them that you know those that don't need a he came for those that need a physician, not those who don't. And Matthew's account adds added the added that the tax there was a great cloud, great crowd of tax collectors and sinners. <clears throat> Uh, the Pharisees could not possibly understand why why something like this could even come to pass. Um, it offended their their religion. It offended re, it. Uh, it went against their anything that they thought was even sensible. You could say it offended their pride of who they were as a nation, and it offended their their uh, personal sense of propriety. You know, they they were like, "What? We would never do that." Never even, but obviously they must have went into the house and they were standing around watching it. Huh? Don't know if they were participating, but obviously they was there. But it's like they, the, the attitude was like the attitude like those are they're sinners. You're eating with them people and they're robbing us from the from for Rome. They're actually robbing us for, for just to give the Roman government more money. And there's no way that we'd ever do that. 
That's that's the spirit that was there with them. It's almost like Jesus did this on purpose to, to show them who he actually was, you know, like kind of uh, seeing what they could actually take. Luke chapter Luke chapter 18 Verse 9, Jesus again is giving us a, um, he used these, he used an example. He gave this parable, okay? In Luke chapter 18, verse 9, he gave this parable to these people, to these Pharisees. And he spake this parable unto a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Okay, we know who those people were. And this is the parable. He says, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed with, thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbles himself shall be exalted. What do you think that would have done to the Pharisees standing there listening to that? He was giving them an example of their attitude towards people. Um, You know, and, and actually just pointing them out exactly what they were doing. And then we can go on to Luke chapter 19. And we'll read about Zacchaeus here. Starting on verse verse 1. And see, the title here in the the book says, This is of Zacchaeus, the publican. And he just got got done in 18 of giving him a a parable of a Pharisee and a publican that went up to pray. We have to remember too when Zacchaeus, well we'll read it, but when he called Matthew Levi that was sitting at the table, what did he do? What did he do? Got up, got up, forsake what he was doing, and followed. We'll see the same thing here with Zacchaeus. Um, If you ever watch the the movie, you know, the, The Chosen or whatever, I think Matthew, the guy that's writing everything down, the young man that's following in those episodes, I just thought, I just, I, don't know, I, I like that, I like his character. He's just, he just, he stands out. Okay, Matt, uh, Luke chapter 19. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was a chief, which was a chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was he was little of stature. And he ran before, and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. I also learned 
that people traveling to that country, to Jericho, that that tree is still there and is one of the most famous attractions in Jericho today that people will go see. I don't know. The, the, the data was pretty current, so um, it's very possible. <clears throat> and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. We see the response. We don't see this response from any of the Pharisees, or, you know, in that sense. And he made haste, and he came down, and received him regularly. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he has gone to be, to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I gave to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. <clears throat> and verse 11, yeah. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was nigh to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should appear, should immediately appear. And he gave them another parable. But it's just they were standing there and thinking that uh, you know that God is going to come back. <clears throat> okay, Zacchaeus was this one of these chief tax collectors. <clears throat> um, he put effort into I want to see who this Jesus is. He put effort. He had to get away from the crowd. He had to move on down the road. He had to find a spot. Um, because of his stature, it says, and he climbed into a sycamore tree. And supposedly that sycamore tree is still a famous spot today. It's, uh, it probably it's a top attraction. It said it's it's one it's the top it's one of the top attractions in Jericho today. Remember, Jesus also here called him a son of Abraham. He said he told Zacchaeus to come down. Um, I need to be in your house today, and uh, he did. And it says he received him gladly. Zacchaeus received Jesus gladly with open and welcome arms. And look what that did. You know, when, when this guy, thinking about him, they called him a sinner. And when I told you, that I learned that this, this type of a person, they would have not thought that he could ever have his sins forgiven. So they simply just labeled him as a sinner forever. And Jesus kept coming there, looking up, greeting him, tell him to come down, I need to come to your house today, and he did. Look at the confession that came from Zacchaeus. Look at the response that came out of him. What did he say? His response simply was that if I have... He said, and Zacchaeus, verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, a half of my goods I will give to the poor. I give to the poor. <clears throat> Remember, when he did that, those gifts of charity was not accepted. We also learned that. I don't know if every instance or every circumstance, but they would not accept gifts of charity from tax collectors. I give to the poor. And he says, if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I would restore him fourfold. <clears throat> 
he was more than happy to make right anything of his, you know, his past or his sins or anything he had taken by fraud or however that may be um, in accusations. <clears throat> um, so this 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 story has some you know lessons for us for us to learn from. Um, it, it shows us the difference between the view of Christ seeing people and how the Pharisees looked at people and groups of people um, <clears throat> who were simply who were spiritually starved, who were looking and searching for help, that Zacchaeus was wanting to know more about him. Um, <clears throat> Jesus was not interested in trying to tell Zacchaeus to keep on doing what you're doing. He knew that he was able to, to change. He didn't want him to keep you know, gouging his fellow Jews. Um, and with that... Um, with that expression of Christ coming to him, you know, Zacchaeus offered half his possessions for full return. Um, Jesus got, this is the lesson, I guess, maybe. Um, Jesus got the response from Zacchaeus that was needed, that was necessary for his life, and to accept salvation by accepting. The Pharisees was trying to get their response out of the same type of person by rejecting. Who was successful? Let's go back to Luke 7. <clears throat> we also know that um, that in this time there was another you know class of people um, that the Pharisees or that most of the, the Jewish people would not accept, and that was what the, the ones they called the Samaritans. Um, they treated them you know the same way. All the Jews, particularly, in particular the Pharisees, which were the highest class of Jewish people that there was, um, you know, they had nothing to do with the Samaritans. They hated them. They despised them. They rejected them, and they treated them just like they treated them just as bad as they did the tax collectors. Um, one thing they used, like example. Um, when the Pharisees wanted to call out Christ or to um, give him a, a bad name, um, we read in John 8, 48, uh, the Jews answered and said unto him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a king? It's like those are the worst two labels they could put upon Christ. One was to call him a Samaritan, and the other one to say that he had a when he drove, they said he drove demons out by the chief of demons. You know, um, that's that's the comeback that they had when they wanted to try to you know um, to put put him down. So in Luke chapter seven, um, twenty nine. <clears throat> 
few verses, 29 to 36. It says, And all the people that heard him, and the publicans, justified, and the publicans justified God, being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. And the Lord said, this is what the God said then. Whereunto then shall I liken the, the men of this generation, and to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, and calling one to another, saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned to you, and you have not wept. For John the Baptist come eating and drinking. Come, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he hath a devil. The Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, a friend of the publicans, and sinner. But wisdom is justified of all her children. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went in unto the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And then um, we, this story goes on there where they, uh, where he, she was there and washed Jesus' feet. So he gives them, he asks them, what, what is he supposed to compare uh, the men of this generation? What are they like? And he gives example in 32 there. And John the Baptist came, you know, didn't eat. Um, and they said he was had a demon. The son of man came, was eating and drinking with the people. And they said he was a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You know, the Pharisees were guilty of probably the most, the hardest of, the hardest and the most difficult sins that that we would know of, you could say, or whatever, in a sense, to overcome. And one of them is spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. Religious arrogance. And a disdain for anybody that's not like you. That's the, that's the things that they had that they upheld themselves. They were the spiritual leaders. They had kept all the commandments. They kept everything. It was religiously arrogant, and they had nothing to do with tax collectors and sinners and Samaritans and anybody that was not like them. Anybody that was different from them, they viewed as being an enemy. But Jesus viewed them as people that needed a doctor, that needed help. Um, those different from the Pharisees were rejected, they were ignored, they were avoided, they were feared. Um, and these people would only be worth you know, their condemnation. Um, they saw no redemption for them people. You know, um, They was not part of God's kingdom in their eyes at all. Um, they obviously just looked at the picture and said, why do you have anything to do with them, Jesus? Why would you as the Son of God have anything to do with them? But what was Jesus' attitude? What was his thing? He accepted you know, all of our sins, all of their sins, he accepted them just like they were, and his acceptance of that, you know, the love that comes forth because he accepted me and you, is why we can have a relationship with him. Look what it changed in their hearts. Look what it changes in our hearts. He went out of his way to be with them. He didn't try to avoid them. We have three instances where he, he immediately went into their house and he sat with them. Um, he went out of his way. And he loved them instead of fearing them. So if we pay attention to that, you know, it can help us understand what Christ's will is for you and me. 
uh, Matthew 18. This passage is found, you know, we use these passages as to help us understand what it's what forgiveness is all about. Um, read a couple verses here from 15. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But he will not hear thee. Then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if, he shall, and if he shall neglect to hear thee, tell it unto the church. And if he neglect to hear the church, let it be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. <clears throat> we give the definition of, of that publican in, in one sense. Um, <clears throat> but he gives us an example of, of forgiveness and how to pursue forgiveness um, in that chapter. And then if we, if we want to know what did Jesus mean when he, in that last verse or the last sentence, what did he mean when he said, let him be unto thee as a heathen and a publican? <clears throat> you know, I maybe looked at that wrong already or it looked at it in the spirit of a Pharisee that I need to lay down. But look at how Jesus looked at it as someone that needs help, as someone that needs Christ, as someone that Jesus died for. That's how Christ looked at it. Not how my view was, or the Pharisees' view of these people were. Um, you know, he didn't treat them like the Pharisees did. He saw them as needing correction, of course, and their sins forgiven, um, but he did not see them as people that were supposed to be rejected or orchestrated cast out. And so his demonstrations of love, his patience, he was willing to give them every chance that, that, that every opportunity to sit with them and to learn about God, to know more of him and uh, his will, and to make a choice so that they would have the opportunity to make a choice to do what was right and to, and to be forgiven. You know, that, that phrase just caught my attention. You know, let him be unto thee as a heathen and a publican. And then look at Jesus' view of those people. And then where do we where do we put him? So the question for us today is to bring this to a close is how do how do we think? How do we act? Um, how do we respond? Are we more like Jesus? Or are we are we more like the Pharisees in what we think? If we have our own groups, little groups and cliques and and uh, or people, you know, that we have treated like tax collectors, the people who aren't exactly like us, um, is it a racial thing? Is it a religious thing? Is it another customer tradition? Um, you know, there's lots of people surrounding us. Um, we, you know, there's no way that they're good enough. You know. That means that we're very, we need to be very open if we entertain those thoughts to the Pharisees, the spirit of the Pharisees. So, if we want to learn to be more like Christ, to live for Him, and be um, an example, we're going to have to learn what the Pharisees and their attitude 
and what they did wrong and how they missed it and why Christ called out to them so many times, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Um, we need to do the hard work. We need to do the we need to challenge ourselves in our thought processes of becoming more like Christ. Do you have any tax collectors or Samaritans in your life? It's a hard question that was asked here. What would happen if you would accept him? Mr. Freeman. Let us learn from this lesson. I'm open for <coughs> testimony, sharing, correction. If some of my thoughts were maybe scattered or not according to scripture, please share with me. <coughs> Thank <laughs> you.